Welcome to the Project Purple Podcast. This is founder, CEO, Dino Varelli, coming to you live, not live, but recorded, but in person, I should say, at the CrossFit Games here in Madison, Wisconsin. We're here sitting with co-founder, CEO of Gooder Sunglasses, yes. or just Gooder? Just Gooder. Just Gooder. Stephen Lease. Stephen, thank you for joining us. Dino, it's here. a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So this is... Listeners at home don't know this, but this is the second time we had some technical difficulties <laughs> as we can laugh about it. But Gooder's been a big partner with us here at Project Purple this year. We've done two different co-brands with them, actually three, because our first was a purple and a white. Now we've got our custom sunglasses, which all of our programs, if you look at our run program and our fitness program, which encompasses a lot of CrossFit uses the sunglasses as an incentive and then our run walk participants got this real amazing custom two-tone which is our logo which i loved um we've known you guys for quite some time not a long time but i would say almost a year that we've been working with you guys you guys have been awesome to work with and uh, this just kind of worked out great you guys are here at the crossfit games with an expo at the expo with a booth we're here uh, as part of the crossfit foundation now and so this just perfect timing yeah i love events like this like you see all your friends that you work with throughout the year in person because yeah. a lot of times you don't get the chance to ever no. meet, meet a lot of these people. No, and this is a new space for you guys, which we're going to talk about yeah. in a little bit. But for our listeners at home, and we've got a pretty vast audience. I mean, we've got people from all walks, from CrossFit, from fitness, from running, from we even do some cycling and walking and survivors and doctors. We always give our guests an opportunity to share a little bit about their personal background. And I always preface that question with saying you can share as much of your personal background (laughs) as you want or as little as you want. No, I I appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, I think the thing I always like to tell people is, you know, Gooder's been around for four years and everybody thinks it's an overnight success. You have 50 employees. It's, It's been wonderful, except for... Um, Gooder's the sixth company I've either started or been a part of starting and um, all those companies I had to fold. And so those are three black marks on my record. Actually, I, use, I, I actually say they're assets now because I learned way more from failing than I did from succeeding. Uh, you know, I grew up in Denver. I moved to LA 11 years ago. I'll never leave. I love LA. And my whole background is in marketing. So I kind of fell into like a serial entrepreneur role very, very young and, and loved it and did it in my early 20s, my late 20s. I worked for a big company, Easton Sports, and then went back into the world. And so when you see the brand, uh, the outward facing part of the brand, the fun, the vibrance is absurdness is a direct reflection of like my personality, my co-founder, Ben and Carrie's personality. And so that's what people see. And I often think that people think that we sit around and slam margaritas all day because that's kind of what we put off, but we're actually just super hardcore, diligent people. And we, we love having fun. But we also love working. And so, um, what you see with me is what you get. It's pretty, pretty spot on. I'm right now I'm wearing a flamingo suit. And so, um, I don't wear this every day, but I do wear it to every event. So, you know, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else interesting. Spirit animals and octopus. Uh, my, uh, former son Bosley is a basset hound. Uh, he left me in uh, January, but I do. A, I did get a name a pair of Gooders after him, so that was that worked out perfectly for for him. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, and you're a runner. I'm a hardcore runner. Hardcore runner. Yeah, and Gooder came about. I got in running late in late in life. Uh, got into running. What's late in life? Because that's relative. Yeah, and you're going to uh, age yourself here for our audience. Now so we're going to know how old you are. Always jogged in like college in my twenties, but I really fell into running when I was 30 and a friend of mine, uh, lived, he lived in the same building as me. He's like, Hey, I want to run LA marathon. And I always run, run a marathon. And so we trained together. That was 2012 and mile 16 became glaringly obvious. I did not train hard <laughs> enough. And the wheels start to fall off the wheels real quick, fell off <laughs> and I finished, but it was like four hours and 50 minutes. Um, and I, but I really enjoyed training. And then flash forward six months later, I ran my second marathon at four hours and then I fell into it. I was running a marathon every six months, every three months, every two months. And then April of uh, 2017, I ran my first hundred miler and Gooder came out, came about in the middle of that journey because we really didn't like me and my co-founder Ben, we really didn't feel like there was any brand out there in the run world that was embracing fun. 
And so that's what, what the seed was. And then the, the sunglass part came later. Well, running, I think as a whole though, is a very serious, a little, little, little bit different than what we're seeing here, right? Yeah. There's a lot of booty shorts. There's a lot of sports bras. When we saw each other at Wadapalooza, I think I mentioned like my first experience, I was like almost traumatized because I was used to the running expo scene where, you know, people are a little more reserved, a little bit more reserved, wear different clothes. You also see a lot of tattoos and there's nothing wrong with tattoos. I've got a couple, but like you see a lot of that. Here, a lot of skin right? here. A lot of skin. Yeah. Um, so it's just different. Um, but I think something that you just said though, like having fun is just so critical to life. Though, yeah. Right. I mean, like life as itself, we, we have such a small period of time here on this earth. Correct. No one lives forever. And you could either have fun doing what you do, or you could be miserable and have a really miserable life. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you need to make the right choices. It, it's a really, it's really important and you, and you can choose to have fun and you can en choose to enjoy things. Um, we always say at Gooder, you know, um, time and distance doesn't matter. I don't care what your mile time is. I don't care how far you run. If you show up and run, you're a runner. And that's how we embrace it. We love the 5Kers. Like those are our people. And Olympians wear us, ultra marathoners wear us. Uh, but at its core, um, if you like having fun, then you, we are your, we are your brand. And CrossFit was a natural extension um, because they like having fun and they, they, they definitely showed a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, we kind of took everything that we learned from run and moved into this space. So I want to back up a little bit. You said something, there's two things that popped in. You worked for Easton. Yes. So were you athletic in high school yeah. and college? And then like, you just like, that's where you went or. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I like, I played, you know, soccer from the time I could walk and I begged my parents to let me play tackle football, uh, <laughs> So as soon as I was eight, growing up me, in Denver, growing up in Denver, pretty, pretty yeah, because Broncos Midwest, are king. Yeah. Midwest football's king. Totally, like it's I grew up religion. in like the '80s with John Elway, and so yeah. uh, you know nowadays there's a lot of controversy around Taco football. Back yeah. then there wasn't. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, go right ahead, yeah. Jimmy. Like, <laughs> so Stephen, go right ahead. Yeah, no, no pads. Just wear a helmet or no helmet, just pads. Yeah, yeah. And so I, but I, yeah, I played football, baseball, basketball growing up, and golf. My dad was a golfer, superintendent, and uh, and then you know just kind of never played in college and. Uh, you know, in your twenties, I feel like you kind of lose your way a little bit. And, uh, when I, when I started running seriously again, I really got into the athletic scene and now I'm like, now I'm full time, you know, um, work out five, six days a week. Um, sometimes it's running, sometimes it's CrossFit, sometimes it's cycling, but. That's awesome. And then entrepreneur, you mentioned, so, and, and, and this is a very fascinating thing because I feel like there's so many books and there's, so there's a marketing side to all this, right? And like, there's yes. the Gary V's of the world and other entrepreneurs that are out there and not that Gary V does this, but I just bring him up because I think he talks a lot and I follow him, talks about, about being an entrepreneur Love and Gary what that v. takes. Um, were you always, did you always have, I should say that entrepreneurial spirit? Did you have a paper route? Did you sell things when you were young or going to college? Did you, I remember like when I went to college and I get this question a lot, like people were like, well, you know, and I look back and I'm like, yeah, I think my freshman year, like we sold t-shirts. Yeah. Like, cause that was like those absolute t-shirts. That was like the big thing going yeah. on. And I think we, we did it for like a fundraiser for our team or something. And I'm like looking back and I did have a paper route, you know? So there were certain things yeah. along the way. So yeah, it's interesting. I I've reflected on this since, um, yes. I think the one thing is I hated school growing up. School was always really hard for me. And, um, it's a, when I first started working, my dad had a landscape company on the side. I started working for him when I was 10, started like a real job with like a real paycheck when I was 15 and I've never not had a full-time job since then. And so for me, um, I loved working and I love problem solving. And yeah, I totally did the thing where I would see fundraisers where you sell candy bars. And I remember being like, 15 years old and have my brother take me to a Costco and be like, no, no, I, like, I can just buy candy bars at bulk discount and sell them for a dollar. And so I remember doing stuff like yeah. that. But more importantly, I loved working and I really enjoyed it. And I think that's where that came from. Uh, Cause I, I haven't felt like I've, I haven't felt like I've gone to a job now for three years. Like I've just love what you do. I just love what I do. So was there a point when you were in corporate America that you were like, Hey, 
like working for Easton, I'm like, all right, I've learned what I've learned and I'm done doing that. Like I'm on my own. Cause you said you had six companies yeah, that definitely. So and Easton's still around. So Easton wasn't. Yeah. One of them. And Easton's the biggest baseball, baseball yeah. company. They're the biggest manufacturer of baseball equipment in the world. Like yeah. they're huge. Um, yeah. When I went to Easton, I wanted to go to a big brand. I just never had that experience. And so a uh, previous company of mine was ending and was very fortunate and had some amazing mentors there and met some amazing people. Our head of product, um, I brought over from Easton at, at Gooder, uh, our director of marketing. I hired as an intern uh, when he was 22 at Easton. So he's like me, but seven years younger. There's somebody else from Easton, I think, on our team. I'm trying to remember. So no, you just just a two. lot of Easton people. Yeah, a, a couple. But I love my time there. Yeah, there was definitely a time, do you know, when... I, I was done. The the bureaucracy, the bullshit, the the stuff that was going on. I was like, this makes no sense. And and it was I had a nice there was a nice moment when I could leave. But yeah, definitely I I, I learned a ton of stuff. I learned how to do things. I, I learned a ton of things of how to do the right way and then also how to do the wrong way. That's awesome. And so you go back to the starting of Gooder. You do these. You start running like crazy. And I remember so. I, as you were talking, and I wasn't being rude, uh, for our listeners home that can't see this, if we had a vlog, <laughs> producer Sam, this would actually be really good content. So, full disclosure, we've known you guys for almost a year. Yeah, I was at Run USA in San Juan. Two stories, one which I'm going to share here in my notebook. But you guys did go pound margaritas after your presentation. Pina coladas. Pina coladas. Yeah. that's right. Because you did say it in your presentation. Yeah, because the place that created the pina colada is in Puerto Rico. Right, correct. It's in Old San Juan. And you guys went there. Yeah, and I bought everybody who wanted yeah. to. And you said, hey, anyone who wants to come, yeah. I think I had a flight to get to back to New York, so I couldn't make it. It was a it was a five hundred dollar round of pina coladas. <laughs> awesome, and then. Your presentation, you presented, you were one of the keynotes at Run USA, and this is where I'm going to come to in a minute uh, when we talk about, but I, I was looking for it because I'm like, this is a notebook I had, and you That's talked awesome. about your pillars. Yeah. So no BS here. Like, I, I've followed suit on this stuff, like, as you were That's speaking. actually amazing. I'm looking at it right now. Um, which we're going to talk about in a second, but so to go back, you're running, you realize, like, hey, I want to come up with sunglasses that are actually good. Yeah. So what was that moment like? And when did that happen? Yeah. Because I, I, I know from the presentation yeah. in Puerto Rico, you mentioned some things like... Totally. Yeah. So two years into my run journey, ran LA Marathon, spring of 2012. Um, spring of 2014, I was training for my first ultra with my partner, Ben. And I looked at myself one day, I'm getting ready to go on a run, and I looked like the biggest tool in the world. <laughs> Just that guy. And if you knew me, you know how important fun and fashion was. But compression, everything, lame sunglasses, dry fit Nike had a run belt. Just like this stuff that was not me. The stuff that I wore because I'm a runner. I have air quotes. But uh, but And I called Ben. I was like, oh, hit rock bottom today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we laughed about it. And I tell that story because that was the seed of Gooder. I, I, that was the awakening. I got rid of all my stuff. I went to a super minimal run style, wore, started wearing gas station Wayfair sunglasses. And that was when um, Ben and I started talking, hey, it feels like we should start a run brand based on fun and fashion. We didn't know what it was. And, and then six months later, I'm training for LA Marathon again. So this is January of 2015. And it's a huge run group. Uh, Nutribullet has sponsored a run group. There's like 100, 120 of us. On one side, somebody's run like a 240 marathon. On the other side, people are training to run their first, probably not going to finish. So it runs the gamut. And one day, I'm looking over the group. 80% of them are wearing normal sunglasses, either aviators. E e yeah, either aviators or cheap $10 sunglasses or Ray-Bans. They weren't wearing these high-end performance sunglasses. And I knew a little bit about eyewear because Easton had eyewear, and I knew that world. Uh, and I'm the king of I can do that. And I, and I saw that, and I was like, we can do this. I go, we can make running sunglasses that are fun that people can afford. And that was it. Two months later, we got together March of 2015, March 15, 2015, wrote our brand plan and we were off. So you start officially, when was the first prototype out there for market? And yeah. So we started the brand March 15th, 2015. We didn't get Sourcing a manufacturer out of China with no experience is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Uh, got our first set of samples September of that year. Started selling November 2015. So literally within seven months. Seven months. Seven months. Yeah. From idea to actual yeah making. We say making money, not that you 
yeah. possibly weren't making a profit, but you're actually able to put a product to market that you could yeah. sell. And one of the nice things about it is we had decided $25 was what we wanted to sell them for. And, and that helped us in so many ways because it allowed us to say no. Oh, you want to put this on the glass? Well, that's an extra tool. That means you got to charge $30. No. And so it actually simplified our process. It really simplified us down and helped us get to market. But we... Uh, I always say, I tell everybody this, if you're not embarrassed of your first product, you waited too long to launch. Like you spent too long being a perfectionist and that's a real thing. And, but yeah, uh, eight, I guess eight months after idea. So during that eight months, like, so just, I want to talk about that, what you just said. So what were some of the things that were important to you? Because that's important piece because yeah i mean you guys have are, are i like to use i don't know not in any disrespect but you guys are disrupting the market yeah what you guys have done and i know i've asked this question like how can you guys do this and yeah i think your comment was like because you can't yeah yeah i mean so totally pricing wise and Everything. quality i mean these these are quality sunglasses that you're retailing for either 30 bucks or 30 25 or 35 depending we on have the two model. prices 25 35 yeah so no that we we identified there's a problem with running sunglasses. They're ugly, they're expensive, and they're over-engineered. And so our solve was make them fun and fashionable, um, affordable, and um, all run without the extra bullshit. And so that was our brief. And we knew when we got the product, they had to look good. That's why we chose the Wayfair shape. Um, you know, we created this tack coating. So if you ever feel them, like, they don't slip when you sweat, and they're a snug fit, so they won't bounce. And we did that. We worked on the design because we knew we couldn't afford extra tools because we, we basically were like, we need it to look good, we need it to be affordable, and we need it to be for runners. Those were the three things it had to do. So if it checked those boxes, we knew we were good to go. And we finally, um, you know, people loved it. So emailed 130 manufacturers. Out of 130, about 30 of them spoke good enough English that, or no, sorry, out of 130, 30 got back to us, were even willing to answer. Out of the 30, 10 spoke good enough English that we could work with them. Out of the 10, three were willing to sample. And we ended up with our manufacturer now, uh, who is, we're still with them, and now we're their biggest customer. Uh, and in that process, we just, we said, you know, those are the three things we needed to do. And we just kind of worked through it, finally got a working model, and then went to market. When we first started selling, we were shipping in like a plastic bag, like, like, like a, basically like a plastic Ziploc bag. You know, now if you get them, um, it's this really nice microfiber pouch and this really legit box. And that was a big mistake. We realized the first order, we're like, oh, this feels cheap. It just felt cheap. Like it was the same glasses. And so, but again, the alternative is you wait too long and the next thing you know, instead of launching in November of 15, you're launching in November of 16 and they're a year behind. And so, yeah, like we're a big done's better than perfect company. Let's shift a bit. And now that you've grown, so you launch in 15. Yeah. Officially you get from idea to selling fast forward now and you've grown, which we're going to talk about, but your culture is very unique. And this is where I pull out the pillars yeah. from the meeting. You know, you had eight pillars in your presentation that you talked about in determining the culture. So how did you guys determine that and why? And we don't have to go into all eight of them, yeah. but you know, some of the things, um, you know, I can mention or we will talk yeah. about it and then get into some of these maybe. And so basically, yeah, our culture is really important. Um, here's the thing. We're an inside-out company, meaning if you want to disrupt on the outside to the world and you want to challenge the status quo, you better teach that inside your building. And so we really focus on that. And we do things in a completely different way. I'll drop a few things because people love it. We don't have any bosses. We have a flat reporting structure, over 50 employees, right? So we really teach accountability uh, and ownership. Uh, we have unlimited vacation. Uh, everybody lives in LA but five employees. If you live in LA, you have to be in the office Tuesdays and Thursdays only. The rest of the time, it's optional. We don't allow email to be sent internally. We use Slack only. Slack, yeah. And so uh, and so on and so forth. But basically, this came from a bunch of things. One, me being a big culture guy. So reading people like Daniel Pink and Brene Brown and Seth Godin and, and really um, in leaning in, also being part of a giant corporate culture that quite frankly was pretty poor and realizing the wrong way to do things and um 
And so everything that's going on at Gooder was really like, hey, want to run a company where I don't have to micromanage people. All right, well, what does that look like? Well, no bosses. Um, if you don't have bosses, you don't have to micromanage people. So we teach accountability. And so early on, uh, what you wrote, what you learned too is you learn how hard this is because like it is a really hard concept. Um, but for us, um, so a couple things that we do. How do you hold on for yeah. a second, Stephen? How do you teach accountability though? Yeah, because I think that's critical. Totally, right. it starts right away. So we at go to we teach people week one. We have a three month onboarding process. Mm -hmm. First off, it is extremely in depth. Um, in LA, in LA, to LA, yeah, three months really in depth. And we teach this thing called the clearing exercise right away. So the clearing exercise is how to have a tough conversation. And so I'll give you the abridged version, but it works like this. So, you know, if you and I are working together, because usually the fight's never about the fight, right? The fight's like three things before the fight. And so I might be pissed at you because the week before, you know, showed to a meeting. And so that would manifest and me maybe bitching at you about something else. So we don't allow that. We don't tolerate gossip. So instead we teach a thing called the clearing exercise. And so it has four things. It has a fact. Fact is number one. Feelings and thoughts are number two. Your role is number three. And moving forward, what you'd like to see, number four. And so without the clearing, you'd be like, hey, Dino, you've been kind of a jerk lately. And, um, you know, I'm not happy with your work. Right? That, that's like a, a, a conversation. Like you need to get your shit together if you're not good at communicating, but if you clear it, how it works is, hey, do you know last week, fact, hey, do you know last week, you no showed to a meeting. That's an undisputable fact, right? And remember this, facts, you, it has to be a universal fact. It can't be an opinion. So you no showed to a meeting. We can agree on that. Um, then it goes into thoughts and feelings. That made me feel like you didn't care about the niche, this initiative, and it made me feel like you devalue all the work I'm putting into this. Moving forward, or no, my role in this is I never clearly communicated to you I need you there, and I never clearly communicated to you how important this initiative is. And moving forward, I would like you to just to be mindful of the importance of this and notify me if you're going to miss a meeting. And then you repeat that back. You don't you don't discuss it. You don't give excuses. You repeat it back. Um, and then you know, so you would say, Hey, Stephen, what I'm hearing is I no showed to a meeting. It made you feel devalued. Your role in it is you never communicated to me how important this was. Moving forward, you want me to be mindful of this and notify you if I'm going to miss a meeting. Are we clear? We're clear. Then you walk away. You don't get into that like I feel awful right now. <laughs> and no, I'm being serious though. We just you just saying that to me. If I worked for Gooder, I would feel awful. That's powerful yeah. shit, man. And it's, and it's not right. It's not opinion-based. It's not like you're an asshole because no. that's, that's opinion. Yeah. It's like you did something and it made me feel this way. And so it's hard. And so we teach that from the beginning and we really lean into it. Like anybody in the company can just set up a, a clearing meeting with me. And it happened. Like when people do it, actually, I love it because it, I mean, it knows they're leaning in. Um, but that's power. That's yeah. so powerful, man. So that's one thing. So we, where did you come up with that? Um, this was um, – a friend of mine who's a former entrepreneur, Sean, he actually now works for us. He's our um, chief relationship officer. Um, he introduced it to me a couple years ago. As I was, I was asking him, I was like, hey, when you ran that agency, what were your partner meetings like? And he was like, oh, my God. And he, I don't remember how he found it, but he was like, we run our partner meetings this way. So my partner and I, once a week, we have a meeting, we have agenda, and there's a section like, do you have anything to clear? And if you do, you do it. And the first couple of times, it's awkward, and then you just get used to it, and it's easy. And you know, like, you don't, the, the expectation is you have to clear everything within seven days. And so you're never, you're never harboring anything. Um, and so that's one thing that we teach is hard conversations. We have a quarterly um, review system. So instead of once a year, it's once a quarter where we're sitting down and giving a real feedback. Uh, we also use this thing called the Enneagram, which the Enneagram is a personality. I think Myers Briggs, but everybody's tested and they learn um, themselves. Like, like what's, and then also for me, I use it. And, you know, if I have to have a conversation with you, Dino, I know your type. And I'm like, all right, so he needs criticism this way. He needs validation this way. And really, like, that's, that's how you go into it. Uh, we also teach GTD, which is like a project management and productivity system. So all these things are kind of like how we teach accountability. Um, and so a lot of it is giving the people the right tools. And then there's a lot of ownership on, on everyone to have the tough conversations and be accountable. So this business model that you guys have created is 
brand like no one else you didn't mimic this you no. it sounds like you've taken bits and pieces yeah. and from everywhere everywhere yeah that's fascinating yeah it's it's fun it's like i love doing it one of my favorite things about being able to run a successful company is being like hey that's broken like that's the wrong way to do something and now since we are success, you know successful and we can afford to pay our bills we can take on things like this and and do things a different way and it's that's one of my favorite things about about my role well i think when you companies and people think outside the box and do things a different way and have conviction and passion and believe that they are creating change yeah you change the world for a much better place yeah it's just really powerful. No, just, thank you. you know, I appreciate I, it. I mean, I know you're being humble here, but man, that's like crazy stuff. I just made a mental note that I'm going to listen to this podcast because I didn't, I wasn't fast enough to write it all down, yeah. but I love that idea, man. That, yeah. That is phenomenal. Well, next time you're coming, next time you're in LA, you can come and well, spend a day here. I, I have a note of the Gooder yeah. Games. I want an invite to the Gooder Games, but so something that I wrote down here from, and I, I'm a note taker, yeah. as you can see, and some of the things you already mentioned you had the, the, the first pillar was the three months of training, which I had in quotation marks, sharpen the ax. Yeah. Was, oh, I think, yeah. The comment. And then uh, the no internal emails. You mentioned the GTD as your third pillar. Um, but something that I had here on the side, which you mentioned, which was ideas are cheap. Execution start, is everything. Execution is everything. Yeah. Which. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about that because I have mentioned that in our fundraising meetings with our staff that, hey, the ideas of fundraising, and I've used this term a lot, and I think I may have said it to you or to Derek, who's sitting over there in the corner. I think, is Derek listening to us, or is he yeah, just... I think uh, he's zoned out. He's, he's zoned out. <laughs> Derek with Gooder um, is over here in the, in the same room. But um, this is what we do is not rocket science, yeah. but there is a science to it, right? Exactly. So let's talk about execution is everything. Yeah. So, you know, part of the onboarding, there's a quote by Abraham Lincoln that's, uh, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six of those sharpening my ax. And I love that quote. And so at Gooder, we have two core values. We have fun and authenticity. And what's important to remember is not mistaking fun for partying or fun for being lazy. Co for us, what's fun is being good. And so if you train for a marathon, right? Six months beforehand, you're waking up every Saturday at 6am and you're running six miles, then seven, then eight, then 10, then 12, then 14, then 20, right? All you're doing every run until that race day is you're sharpening that ax because you want that thing razor sharp when you show up in a race day. You want to show up on one day for four hours. You spent six months and you want to ball out and you want to give it the best you got. That's what's fun to us. Like that preparation, showing up and knowing that you got it, coming to an, a trade show and knowing you, you like, like you are going to crush it, stepping on stage at Running USA, right? And so for us, we teach preparation. And because ideas are the cheapest thing in the world, execution is everything. And so it's really important. So what good are we don't, if you say should, you're like, you know what we should do? We should do that. Uh, I, I love it. I go, you know, it sounds like, sounds like you should do that. We have a whole process. You create like a, a concept brief, get it presented. And then there's like a, a, a project plan that you follow because we want you to execute on those ideas because it's easy to stand on the sidelines and criticize. I have, um, no interest, nor do I care what your opinion is if you are not in the arena with me on the regular getting dirty and getting beat up. And that's a real thing. I mean, that's directly pulled from uh, a Teddy Roosevelt quote. But yeah, and so we teach people how to execute. Um, and what's awesome about it is when you see people's ideas, I see this now and it, it lights me up. I see and I, I watch people have an idea and give people the tools to bring it to fruition. And it's so rewarding. It's amazing, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting excited just here. I, I, I'm booking my flight to LA to sit with <laughs> you for like, I'm just going to be like a little sponge. You won't yeah. even know I'm there. So the culture is, is so amazing what you guys have done and something into that. And I have a note here and we talked briefly this morning about this is when you guys look to hire, not that we're putting this out in public, you'll probably, your, your inbox will yeah. probably blow up after <laughs> this. What do you guys look for? Is it more talent, experience, 
I yeah. know we talked about bringing some people over from Easton and you guys have grown tremendously over the last two years. So what is an ideal, what are you guys looking for? Yeah, so it's changed over the years. At first, it was very much, we need a jack of all trades because when you're a small company, yeah. you need people, you know how it is. Yeah. You, you need people everything. who know how to do everything. And that's really important. So at its core, you just want hustlers. You want people who can do it. We, we stayed away from big company experience because when you're a small company, if you were, I don't want anybody from Nike because Nike is this amazing brand that has unlimited resources. And so people who, once you go into a big brand, it's way harder to come out and do everything yourself. Like, you know, when you're used to paying an agency, then you got to do it. And so uh, we hired for jack of all trades and hustlers, but then we got to a point where we needed real professionals. We like um, Mountain who came over from Easton. We needed a head of product, a new product. Like I needed, to, I needed to trust somebody, and that was a really interesting story because we were interviewing people for our head of product, and I was having him do the interviews because I could do an interview from a culture standpoint. I couldn't do an interview from a technical standpoint, and he was like helping me. And then at one point, I'm like, "What would it cost to?" to to hire you and it was like out of our range but my partner and I were like we'll, we'll find the money because that because we hired the right person so now that I don't think about I have now I think about other things and so it really was like moving from hustlers and jack-of-all-trades into now we're getting into people who are specialists you still want people who hustle um, but you know for us it's that's been like a really really interesting shift um, and I think that we're not perfect at it. I also think there's a real reality of like get good at firing because, you know, if hundred people interview for, you know, if hundred people give their resume, you know, you interview 10, you're just, you, every once in a while, you're going to get somebody who's just really good at interviewing and tells you what you want to hear. And, and that happens. And like, don't beat yourself up. Uh, uh, and it, it's hard not to do because, you know, if you hire somebody, Dino, right, then you have to fire them two months later. You think that's a reflection of you. And it's it, difficult, man. It, but it's not a reflection of you. It's just like no. this stuff happens. And so you know, get better at firing, get better at clearing and tough conversations. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and, and so we're, we're kind of evolving, uh, evolving it. But what's interesting is we have to deprogram everyone. Yeah. That's why we have a three-month onboarding because we have such a different culture. Yeah, no, that's true. So what has been kind of, as you guys have grown, what's the biggest challenge that you guys have experienced, you think? Yeah, staffing is hard. That's why we put a ton in the culture. Uh, something else in hiring, we have a hire just in time philosophy, meaning or, or just not in time. So by the time you hire somebody, you want to think, God, how do we ever do how do we ever survive without them? And that's a really, that, that keeps our cash flow in check. Yeah. Uh, but what, what, what was the question? Sorry. It's like the greatest challenge you've had, you know, in terms of growing this and. Yeah. I think a couple of things, people's hard. Keeping culture while you scale is really hard. Uh, we've had, we've, we own our own company. We've never took money. So we've ebb and flowed with cash well, that was flow. That going to be one of my questions. So yeah. you guys have grown internally. You haven't gone out to VC. Yeah. No one's funded this. So to get it started, did you and Ben pretty much yeah, put up yeah, your seed yeah, money? Yeah, and put, in, put in the seed money. And that then, first check cash from the first vendor that yeah, you guys work with? Totally. I mean, I didn't take a paycheck for over two years. So I worked wow. two full-time jobs. I consulted um, and then ran Gooder. And then when I first started gooder I, I was taking a joke of a salary yeah. it was basically like i just need something so i can't so i don't but you believed in it oh believe it and i loved it and i would do it again in a second um but yeah cash you know so people as you scale cash flow and then i think also not getting not playing it safe because we are a pretty we're, we're pretty like absurd and whimsical and we do this fun stuff but the bigger you grow there's this outside force to get conservative and shrink because Things decisions have bigger value now. I mean, it's fifty people's lives that uh, that are at stake, um, and so we have to fight every day because it is a slippery slope when you start watering down the brand. And so that is probably the hardest thing is not watering down the brand as you grow. So, what are some of the things like you know as you grow? And I, I agree with you. You know, when you're small, you can say things, you can do things, yeah. you can have fun. But then I think as you grow, then people think, oh, that's not genuine. Yeah. Or yeah, you, you have to succumb to 
Gatorade or Pepsi, just using brands, yeah. right? Or the Walmarts of the world, right? These large brands that dictate so much on how your culture should be so you fit in their box. Yeah. So how do you, what, what have you guys done, to, you know, now that you're, you've gone from you and Ben and a couple of consultants yeah. now to, you know, 50 plus employees, like, What's, yeah, how do we do it? How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things we look at. One, we always ask, we'll ask the question, hey, would we have done this three years ago? And if the answer is yes, we probably got to be doing it, right? So, that's a really good filter. Um, I also think that it's really important to, we have two core values, fun and authenticity. And so, everything comes through that. And we have, we, we have literally 40 behaviors for each. And so, if we're always living into our values, we never have to know if the decision we're making is right. And so if we if, if we keep it fun and we stay authentic, it allows us to uh, go and work with any which way. Also, we stay away from like grand, um, people always ask questions like, will you guys ever do this? I'm like, I mean, maybe, you know, to really stay away from like rigid rules because the world's not rigid, it's fluid. And so yeah, follow up, like we really lean into our, um, our core values and the authentic one's real. Like, uh, I have a thing I read every morning, uh, and one of the one of my one of my things to remember is if the goal is being authentic and people don't like you, it's okay. If the goal is being liked and people don't like you, you're in trouble. We don't need to be liked; we need to be authentic, and so we really always stick to that. Well, you mentioned Seth before, and I've followed Seth Godin for yeah, quite some time, and and uh, done some training in New York with his people, and you know the. The thing that he talks about, and I remember this early on, and I consider myself an entrepreneur because I left corporate America, started my own totally. financial service company, and then had this idea of starting a charity to, to change things and to fill cracks in the system, let's say. But he talked about his tribe, yeah. you know, and find your tribe. Right. And if that tribe is five people, stay with those five, yeah. and then you'll add. And But you know, find that tribe of people. So I think that's just really powerful stuff. In your time at Gooder, what has been your proudest accomplishment for you? Not maybe not necessarily for the organization, but for you. Oh, um, I mean, there's there are so many. Um, I remember. Well, I'll talk of. I remember this moment last summer where we just got a new office space, um, and we have an all staff meeting every every Tuesday, and uh, so it's called Tuesdays. Uh, so every Tuesday, and I'm standing up in front of the room. And, um, this, like, I look also, and I looked over, over an entire like company, this like real company. And like, and I'm like, Oh, I have, <laughs> you know, at any, every week I have 50 people that are like hanging on my word. And so for me, the fact that I get to see people like grow and take on amazing things is incredible. Um, four, four people a couple of weeks ago, uh, they, they were in Chicago. Uh, people who have been with the company for a while came in and they all had tattoos of our logo. Um, I don't have any tattoos. And it was such a humbling experience. Like, and, I, and they all were like, we are so privi privileged to be part of this thing. And it's so like, that type of stuff is unreal. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a thousand things, but like, those moments of like seeing how important Gooder is to um, the staff is incredible, and and that I see it in the outside world too. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about yourself. You mentioned you read, and you've quoted a lot. Do you read a lot? Yeah, uh, listen, uh, listen, podcasts, yeah, yeah, tons of podcasts, pod tons of b audiobooks. Yeah, I don't really enjoy reading, um, but I consume a lot of audio content. Well, I know you travel a ton, a lot. Yeah, so audiobooks are probably easy. They're great. Easy, yeah, plug it in. Yeah, zone out. Yeah, totally. And you know, I go and have some flows where sometimes I'll be really big into, you know, um, culture stuff, and maybe all right, sales stuff, then maybe you know, uh, even weirder like. Uh, you know, right now I'm really big in this big mindfulness kick. So yeah, like, and so like, I just pull things from where they inspire me. So do you look at those, Stephen, as personal growth or like, hey, how can I improve the current situation in terms of your organization and what you've helped to build? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely both. I think a lot of times something might start personal and then I'll be like, 
oh, we should give this to more people. And so it, it, it'll go it'll go both ways. But yeah, I'm a big personal. I learned the term the other day. I was on a seven weeks or seven day silent retreat in June. So like up in Big Bear, didn't talk, meditated for seven days straight, completely unplugged. Well, that was going to be my next question. Meditation. Yeah. So you you do meditate? Yep. Yoga. I do meditate every morning. Do you watch what do you eat? Um, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, you Are know, you like also a particular uh, vegan or paleo or no. I just everything in moderation. Yeah, everything's in mo- everything in moderation. I don't eat a lot of. Uh, I'll go in and out of keto sometimes, but you know, like I love chicken fingers. Like you know, like I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not rigid, but yeah, just really, just consistently. Um, You've gone in and out. I'm sure. Oh, plenty. love it. I mean, <laughs> post run, like that's like usually the that's menu. the first thing is like is going to in and out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, meditate. I have this morning routine of uh, like things I read, questions I um, ask myself. Um, and, and then, yeah, so I, I do a, a ton of different stuff for myself. I think that like gooder is the most important thing in my, or sorry, my personal um, growth and development, the most important thing in my life, gooder is number two. And then um, things start being three and four. So, you know, um, you can imagine how hard it is to date sometimes when three and four are other things. What, uh, do you have mentors? Who do you look up to? Yeah. I mean, I have a bunch of mentors people like Seth Godin and Brene Brown that I've never met. Yeah. But then also, yeah, I have some that have been official in my life, some that haven't. Um, you know, a mentor is a trusted advisor. And so when I meet somebody who I respect um, and I don't need something from, um, I'll kind of look to them to mentor uh, me. And I just usually use it as a sounding board. But yeah, I actually have quite a few in my life. That's awesome. Well, we all need great role models. Uh, totally. You know, and I, I, and I think you know, some of the things you said. So I, I'm going to pay another compliment here. Um, so three pages over after your speech about core values yeah. and I, 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 our audience can't see this, but again, if we had a vlog, Sam, producer, <laughs> Sam, hint, hint, uh, they'd see this. So you go three, it's only yeah three pages over. I began on the plane trip home to write out our core values. Oh yeah. What are they? Um, there's still a work in progress. Fair enough. Uh, but I, I can read them here. Help others equals compassion outside and inside have fun work hard work smarter not harder grow learn it's not about you what's your why and be real no fakers yeah so some of these i stole from you totally your speech well i mean i stole everything from everyone <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, yeah. it work for myself yeah yeah <laughs> execution's everything yep though, that's right, right. so um i just want to you know i mean i think that's the one thing that i've always tried to do personally when I go to these conferences is to learn, right? Yeah. And to learn and not to say that we want to replicate, but you guys are doing some amazing things. And if there's anything that we could learn in our space from you guys to make us that much better, I mean, the whole world would be a better place, right? So my last question for you, or second to last question is, and this is probably a hard question. That's why I save it for the yeah. last five years from now, what does gooder look like and i know you know we talked about how you guys started in running you guys went into crossfit fitness you guys are in biking now bicycling yep just golf 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 is rolling out your dad must be super proud i'm sure your parents are super proud of you they're very proud of me yeah your dad's probably yeah very enthusiastic let's say about having golf glasses now (laughs) he probably golf. i mean you can go i've golf with these with the runners yeah yeah i mean i'm not a good uh, golfer so that that, but he's very proud and you know um, I know more about the golf industry than any other. And so I'm super excited for it. Um, but what, what you're asked, what, like what in five years from now, what is gooder look like? I don't know. Um, do you have a five-year plan? Yeah, we do have a five-year plan, but it gets less and less detailed. We have an extremely detailed two-year plan of like, we know every launch for the next two years, like literally every launch, every date, um, five years. I don't know. I think what we're going to do is keep being us. We're going to keep growing we want to um we are never gonna become like we're not a lifestyle brand we always want to make stuff for the athlete for fun and we're gonna take as it take the world as it comes i um gooder was never built to sell um so there's no intention for you to sell to anyone bigger. I mean, so like I said, I, I don't. Is there a price? Um, I don't. Oh, well, everything has a price. Of let's course. not let's not act like yeah. it doesn't. And so that's why I'll never I'll never make statements like, oh, we'll never sell. Like that's a ridiculous thing to do. Um, but I love I love what I'm doing. 
Uh, I think what we're doing is really special, and so I'm gonna just keep doing this. Uh, my goal is like I want us to get big enough where more people are looking at what we're doing, and hopefully we can we're able to like share our internal culture with with the world. And so that's kind of like a, a big high level thing that I, that I want uh, to happen. Oh, that's my that's my alarm. Apologizes. That's okay. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's not. I don't have a clean answer of like thing but i want us i want us to be a test case for our culture and i my dream is that we can hopefully make work more enjoyable for everyone everyone so is that a dream job of yours is to be you know this creating and helping companies of yeah. all areas with a culture like how do you become good and great yeah i want to totally you know uh uh I have the talk I give for every new employee is uh, good to great and how you get there. But yeah, my dream would be to eventually like write a book and do a TED talk and be able to duplicate this to other brands. Awesome. Well, I think if you continue doing what you're doing, you're, you're, it's going to be here sooner than you know it probably. I, I hope you're right. Thank you. So my last thing is where is for our audience listening at home the best place other than project purple because they can get yeah, the yeah. project purple signature gooders on our website by registering for any of our virtual runs uh our physical runs which we have a virtual option with and in november we're going to be launching something even bigger awesome um, but if they want to learn more about Gooder, where's the best place? And you guys are uh, retailers yeah. all over the country, the website. Yeah, Gooder.com is the easiest. Um, we're in about 1,400 doors around the world. So run specialty, bike specialties, CrossFit gyms, things like that. And yeah, if you if you want to buy stuff, you go to Gooder.com. If you want to know about our brand and culture, you can go to our blog on our website and I'm going to be rolling out something later in this year where I'm going to actually be uh, having consistent like mini TED Talks about our brand and culture that we're going to launch uh, on Gooder.com. So, you know, TBD on that, but that's coming. Awesome. I said that was the last question, but <laughs> I, I forgot I have a no here. Yeah. Quickly, not quickly, but let's talk about the Gooder Games. Yes. So and this is part of your culture. Yeah. So the Gooder Games, so games is spelled G-A-M-S. Uh, gluttonous alcoholic mile series so i'm sure everybody knows about a beer mile right you drink a beer run a quarter mile 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 so march 15th 2015 we wrote our brand plan and my partner and i went and did a impromptu beer mile just to celebrate so that was like the official first gooder games and then 2017 once we became big enough and financially stable enough we were like we rolled this out as a thing we started with a pina colada mile. So it's on the beach in like Cabana where you, you drink a pina colada. Uh, that's why we were so excited about Puerto Rico. Um, pina coladas. In Austin, Texas, we did a whiskey mile at a, at a whiskey distillery. Uh, we, um, um, so for the Gooder Games, we don't make money off it. It's invite only. We did a rosé mile about a, a vineyard in California. Kara Goucher ran in it Kara's with us. Kara's a sponsor. Yeah. Well, you're, she's a sponsored she's athlete. She's a athlete of ours, yeah. yeah. And the Gooder Games at its core is designed to be fun. That's what it is. It's just people having fun. Yes, there's alcohol tied to it. Um, but really, it's one of those things that we created and uh, for no other reason for the fun aspect of it. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So if, any, if you ever want to come, uh, uh, you're in. Uh, we, hold on, hold on. So that's public. This is public. So I'm in on the Gooder Games? Because yeah. this is like invitation. I it's was invite giving, only. It's giving Derek a hard time. It's invite only. Because if I knew at Run USA, yeah. those ladies were drawing octopus or they were yeah, drawing yeah. Like, characters, you got I would have like stood up well, and gone right you, up you there. Can, yeah, oh, you can get in. Okay, um, awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, Thank you. I, I'm trying to think. I don't know the next one. We have one coming up, but I'm not sure when or where it is. There's a bike event coming up, I hear. Like, yeah, there's a bike a, event a coming up. So. Uh, I don't it's, bike. It's going to be on big wheels, I think. Oh, and then, okay. I could do big wheels. And so yeah, we have some. We have some. Uh, we have some stuff that I can't really talk about that we are trying to make happen with some some uh, some other brands. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for sharing that. Thank you for the invite, oh, Steven. You're very so welcome. I feel, this is awesome, Sam. Yeah, I just got invited to the Gooder Games. You're in. You know, some of the staff knows. Like I was talking about this, and then I was given. Um, 
you know, I gave Derek a hard time, you know, about, and then I also said to him in your presentation, kind of was uh, not joking with him, but I said, was that you hunched over in the one slide? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, that wasn't me. And no. I'm like, come on, man. It looked just like it was, you. Yeah, who is that? Uh, it looks like him, though. It's his doppelganger. Yeah, uh, I think it's my friend Shane. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. They look very similar, but yeah. he was hunched over on the, on the beach. But uh, this has been great, man. And, and Stephen, I appreciate you for what you guys are doing, um, you know, disrupting this space with an amazing product. I mean, these things are so goddamn good. Um, not no pun here, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, they are absolutely awesome. I've run with them since I've had them. I use multiple options here that we have on the table. You guys have been awesome to work with us. I know your social media team helped raise awareness. We even got people. And this, so this is the power, you know, of social media and partnerships. You know, we worked with you guys on this, these co-brands. You guys put out a, a, a bunch of Instagram stories and we got people that reached out to us because they were connected to the disease and they're not even runners. They're like walkers, That's but awesome. they're, they're tagging us now with the gooders that they learned about That's from really cool. the Instagram story that you guys put. So you guys have been awesome to work with. And that's wonderful to hear. Thank, thank you. you for sharing kind of some amazing words of wisdom. I mean, I have something here and I'll go back to it. You know, where your talk about execution is everything. Yeah. So it's just powerful stuff, regardless if you're an entrepreneur or if you're working for a company, the same things to get to success are so powerful and so impactful. So yeah. keep doing what you guys are doing. Awesome. Thanks, Nino. Love, love what you guys are doing too. Thank you. Thank you, Steven. And I will be looking forward to seeing you on TED Talk. Oh, yeah. you're, you're on your way, buddy. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Thank oh, you. If, if that day happens, <laughs> I want to be there. So you put me on the list. Okay. Make a I'll note. Get you on the list, yeah. To be there for that <laughs> TED Talk. That's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. Yeah.